Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. I said many times before, there's uh, nothing our nation can't do when we decide to do it together. Do it as one nation. Today is the latest example of that truth in my view. I'm pleased to report that a bipartisan group of senators has come together and forged an agreement that will uh, create millions of American jobs and modernize our American infrastructure to compete with the rest of the world and own the 21st century. The procedural vote to begin debating the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill failed today as expected. Every GOP senator voted no, with Republican Party leaders saying the details aren't set just yet. Remember, like, a month ago, how President Biden announced this bipartisan infrastructure deal, and here we are, weeks <laughs> away? <laughs> Still going. And every day, it's, we're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, are we almost there? We'll see if they can actually pull it through here. But if they're not going to do it here, I don't know where they can get a bipartisan deal on something. Kate Irby on the ongoing Senate infrastructure talks in the state of bipartisanship in Congress. We've waited a month. It's time to move forward. Once we get on the bill, there's going to be plenty of time for the bipartisan group to continue its work. So basically, we, as you said, this has been going on for months, and Schumer really wanted to put the pressure on and say, you know, it's time to get this in, get it done. And he was really trying to cut for this hardball tactic so that he would put up this Wednesday vote, even though the bill was not done, trying to say, well, we're going to get this done soon, so let's get the ball rolling. Again, a yes vote tomorrow is simply that the Senate is ready to begin debating a bipartisan infrastructure bill. And it didn't really work uh, because you had Republicans who kind of unified behind this. We're not voting on this thing when we don't even know what's in the infrastructure bill for sure yet. We're not going to the bill until we know what the bill is. We want to see the bill. We want the Congressional Budget Office to score the bill before we are going to vote on it. Mm -hmm. So they all voted Wednesday. Every Senate Republican voted against it. Uh, That blocked it um, from being considered. But that's not the end of infrastructure. Obviously, they're still talking. Republicans have basically said, you know, we will support a vote on this, obviously, depending on what's in it. But we want to see the full bill first. And that's what we have teed up for this week. Okay, so at this point, though, we still don't have the bill itself. We don't know exactly what's going to be in it. Correct. So they've basically decided most parts of this bill, but there's still a few remaining issues, including transit funding, including how they want, whether they want to use unspent coronavirus money to fund the bill. Uh, And a few others. Republicans say that the main hang up is now transit. But Democrats are saying that there's a few more hang ups besides that. Hmm. What is like the Republican position on transit? Like, why is it a hang up? Uh, So basically, there's a split between this is really wonky, but how they we usually split up this sort of money in between highways and public transit. Mm -hmm. 
And Democrats are saying that Republicans are lowballing the typical offer on transit, that they're trying to put too much money towards highways and not enough towards transit. And Republicans are saying that they're doing what's always been done. This isn't anything new. And Democrats just asking for more money on transit. And it sounds like everybody's kind of dug in their heels on this. So Hmm. we'll see if they can come to an agreement. Uh, But that seems to be the main sticking point, at least according to Republicans right now. It's funny how you mentioned like this gets a little wonky. And I feel like sort of the past four weeks have all been really wonky, like really knit and grit negotiations. And like, I don't know about you, but as someone who is sort of following this every day, it feels like I sort of get caught up in the minutia of like these little details and sort of forget what actually is at stake. Um, Why should we care about this? Like at the end of the day, what are those big things in this bill, you know, that that has so much attention being paid to this situation? I mean, to me, one of the most interesting things is broadband, right? Mm. We haven't had really a significant, huge investment in broadband and in our kind of Internet online infrastructure in a long time. And I think the pandemic has really exemplified why that's important. Like we all have been, a lot of us have been working remotely and depending on that. And there's still like decent parts of the country that don't have access to internet or at least not high speed internet. And, you know, that's really important. Then that means that these people are hopefully going to get the infrastructure to actually be able to be brought on to this area that a lot of us people in more urban areas have been used to for a while. Hmm. It means, you know, repairing those highways. It means those, you know, new bridges, new highways, all of these things that uh, a lot of states have maybe thought about, well, you know, we need this for a while, but haven't had the funding to do or to repair things. I mean, it's we have a lot of infrastructure problems in this country. And obviously, we have not really funded those in a the right way because it keeps getting caught into these partisan moments. Uh, we saw that during Trump's administration. Uh, we saw that a bit during Obama's administration. So this has been an ongoing problem that Biden and current Senate Republicans and current Senate Democrats are trying to address. Mm-hmm. But um, how long these talks have been going on is a good illustration of why this is so difficult. Well, what do you think will end up actually happening? Because, I mean, yeah, you mentioned that it's been so long that people have tried to do this and it's gotten caught up in partisanship. But we did have the announcement of the deal. Talks are still ongoing. Like, do you think, I don't know, by the end of this week or maybe the end of next week, we're looking at a situation where we actually do have a deal that could get through the Senate? So, With the caveat that I'm not in the prediction business, I'm in the reporting business. (laughs) But, um, well, I mean, it's a big we'll see, right? It depends because Mm -hmm. it all depends on if in these talks, you know, if is everyone just going to keep digging in their heels or will we eventually get somewhere? I know that a lot of people really want this. These negotiators really want it. Um, But Democrats also have their fallback, right? They have this fallback of, well, if this doesn't work out, we can put it in our own bill and we don't need Republicans. Mm. And... They're, you know, they're pushing that thing. And when they've got that out, that that can undercut talk sometimes. So we'll see. I, I wish I was more clear. It would make my job a lot easier. But uh, but it's hard to say here. 
I want to talk about sort of the split screen of what's going on, like in parallel with what's happening in the Senate, what's going on in the House right now, because this week um, the January 6th select committee investigation is underway. And Nancy Pelosi has been under fire from Republicans over blocking two members of Congress who voted against Biden's certification, putting in you know new Republicans on the committee. Um, this is obviously after Republicans killed what would have been a bipartisan commission earlier this year. But I'm curious, like how you as someone who is watching all of this are making sense of what feels like earnest bipartisan talks and efforts in the Senate with this infrastructure package and then sort of partisanship like on full display in the House. I don't know. What what do you make of this moment? Uh, I think the House has been having a harder time generally than the Senate. So it's not completely surprising. I think, you know, when McConnell kind of turned away from Trump after the insurrection, he kind of cleared the way for his members to be more, you know what, we're not talking about the other guy right now. Like he's not in government. We're going to talk about what Joe Biden's doing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the tone that Mitch McConnell has sent and that a lot of his senators have followed. Mm. And then meanwhile, in the House, you've got McCarthy, who's still, you know, meeting with Trump. And, you know, they're expelling Liz Cheney because from leadership because she was too critical of Trump. And then you have other members who, you know, speak out against Trump, which means that other Republicans feel the need to defend Trump. And it's this constant thing. Mm -hmm. And... Tensions have been high because of the insurrection and, you know, this just it doesn't feel like the same kind of atmosphere in the Senate where you want to get stuff done together. It's just very um, lots of conflict and lots of headbutting. And that's what this kind of is just another example of. Kate Irby, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks, Jeremy. Also today, the Republican governor of Arkansas is warning that resistance to COVID vaccinations has, quote, hardened in some parts of the state and is blaming hesitancy on false information and myths. Governor Asa Hutchinson spoke to CNN on Sunday as the highly contagious Delta variant is surging nationally, particularly in states with low vaccination rates like Arkansas. Last week, the governor of another red state, Kay Ivey in Alabama, argued that it is, quote, time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks for outbreaks. Dr. Anthony Fauci also said on Sunday that leaders in areas lagging in vaccinations should speak out to persuade people to get the shot and blunt a resurgence in the pandemic. And... In France, lawmakers are moving closer to passing a bill that would require vaccinations for certain professions and condition access to travel and cultural spaces on a health pass showing proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. Despite growing protests over the weekend, the French Senate approved the bill but introduced changes to the government's draft to exempt minors and remove restaurant and cafe terraces from places requiring the new passes. Ahead of the vote, more than 160,000 people protested across France against the proposed restrictions. According to a new poll, around 35% of French citizens support the protests. Today's episode included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to subscribe to Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and also check out some of our other shows like The Playbook Daily Briefing and Politico Energy. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.